0: the squadron they called him bullets but we call him greg kelly greg kelly is on the air on the red apple podcast network yes hello
1: once again donald trump was right he was right very very early on he said it he said it it's amazing he's always right He's always early when he's right. Everybody freaks out when he's right because he's the only one who's right. Everybody else is wrong. Turns out he's right. So who remembers? It was uh, August of 2017, uh, sometime in 2017, summer. I remember where I was. I was, uh, well, I was actually swimming in a pool. And somebody had the radio on, and there was a press conference for uh, Donald Trump in the aftermath of Charlottesville. Remember that horrible thing that happened? There was a big race riot down there. And um, although not all of it was, here's what they were debating. The Confederate statues, right? Uh, Now, look, I do believe you can be a very fine person and be totally against those. They make you feel bad. They, to you, represent uh, slavery and a horrible era in American history. And those statues must be removed. There are people who have that. And you can have that point of view. And it's America. And that's fine. I happen to disagree with that point of view. I think we have to preserve our history. We should not erase it. If we ignore it, we are doomed to repeat it. Didn't somebody say that once? It is our history. Nobody has a perfect history. Everybody has a past and there's a so and you know those statues were actually built in part I believe to bring on the peace after the Civil War. You know they didn't want to cancel all of the uh, all the south back then. They wanted them to have defeat with Dignity, I believe. That was part of it. I know there was Sherman's March and that kind of thing, but they had to keep the union together, right? I mean, that's what it was all about. So there were these statues, and I actually think that they should be preserved. That's a very mainstream opinion. And I'll grant you this. It's a mainstream opinion that the others, uh, the others have, that you want to get rid of these things. That's gone mainstream. It has. It used to be radical. It used to be weird. Now I guess it's mainstream. I disagree. Now, if you are Antifa, if you are uh, Black Lives Matter uh, Ultra, Donald uh, Joe Biden talks about MAGA Ultra. I'll talk about Black Lives Matter Ultra. If you're Black Lives Matter Ultra, um, you possibly believe in their, not only in their removal, but the systemic uh Takedown of America because it's so racist and white supremacist and we got to get rid of the family and we got to make it all about trans folks and all that radical crap. Antifa, they really do want to destroy this country. And you know what? <laughs> they, they're actually scoring some victories, believe it or not. All right. Why do I bring up this can of worms? Because um, Donald Trump was right when he said there are good people on both sides. He was also right when he said very clearly, and I'm not talking about the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis who need to be condemned totally. He wasn't talking about them. And sure, there were those elements down there, as there was also Antifa and horrible elements who went down there looking for a fight. Okay, so everyone's on Donald Trump's case about this because, well, somehow this is all his fault. You remember the riot and a guy jumped into a car and ran over a person. Horrible, horrible. I think her name was Heather Heyer. Don't remember the name of the guy who did it allegedly. Has he ever been convicted? I don't know what's going on with that case. I guess he was a white supremacist, although I don't even know his name. I don't know much about the case. And, and you know what? I'm trusting the governor less and the government less and less. So, let's uh, let's take the fake news narrative, okay? Let's let's accept it for a moment. It was a white supremacists who jumped in that car. You know, Trump condemned the whole thing totally, but they kept on, you know, just pushing him and pushing him and pushing him and And finally, he was like, look, you guys want to take apart our entire country. Now, this is a good country. I mean, you can be for the preservation of these statues and be a good person. Lots of people hold that view. Doesn't mean they're racist. Doesn't mean they're white supremacist. And he said something very interesting. He said, look, do you like Thomas Jefferson? Because Thomas Jefferson had slaves. What about George Washington? Because George Washington was a major slaveholder. And he was, he was it's true. absolutely was a major slaveholder, and uh, Mount Vernon, I think it was mostly it was like he had hundreds of slaves working for him. So where are we? How do you like How do you like George Washington? Well, it's finally happened. It's finally happened. They want to cancel George Washington. Now, the Washington Post, which not too long ago was not insane. Not an insane newspaper. When did it start really going off the deep end? Uh, When they got a bad case of Trump derangement syndrome. So on their opinion editorial page, they have this from Caleb Francois. He is a senior at George Washington University. Now, this isn't in the student newspaper, folks. This is in the Washington Post. Heads up. Washington Post, you may have to change your name if this kid gets his way. Last year, George Washington University's Cloyd heck Marvin Center, named for a segregationist, was renamed the University Student Center in response to student calls for a name change. The name change streamlined with calls for racial justice in a modern era in which students across the country are demanding change. As our nation's history of slavery, Jim Crow, redlining and other discriminatory policies toward African-Americans has never been fully addressed or atoned for. These pleas for racial justice are a reflection of a shifting paradigm in American politics in which compromise and intolerance are no longer an option. Interesting. Compromise. Compromise is no longer an option. How is that? Compromise. Can't compromise, huh? It's going to be an interesting country if these kids get their way, huh? No compromise. The renaming of the University Student Center falls short in addressing the main issues of, yes, systemic racism and inequality still present on the campus. Now, a couple of things about George Washington University. It's a great school. Um... I understand Alec Baldwin went there. I don't think he had a problem going there. He wasn't really worked up about, a, about slaves, was he? No? I think Bill Barr actually went to George Washington University. All right? People have been going there for a long time. No problem. Ronald Reagan, after the attempted assassination, they brought him to the emergency room at George Washington University Hospital. They saved his life there. But, oh, yes, all these people were oblivious and blind to the racism at GW. Happens to be a big party school, by the way. Racism has always been a problem at GW. At the university's founding in 1821, enrollment was restricted to white men. I don't believe it. Oh, my God. 1821, by the way, before the Civil War. (laughs) Washington, D.C. is basically a southern city, by the way, but okay. In 1954, then-university president Marvin employed numerous efforts to preserve segregation, arguing for a homogeneous group of white students. In 1987, black students organized to demand more visibility in a predominantly black city where black students were outnumbered by huge majorities. This is all well and good. You can do, you know, today with black enrollment at about 10 percent, black students on campus continue to struggle for community. Yeah, this is where the it's the easiest thing in the world to sit back and count. Count the color of faces. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. It's unproductive. It's dishonest. It makes you feel good. Some of these folks, the liberal, oh, yeah, yeah, I counted 10%, 10%, just 10% black. Well, dig a little bit deeper and maybe try to figure out why that is. A systemic racism. Okay, dig a little bit deeper. Or maybe don't get that deep. Maybe just listen to what Barack Obama said on Father's Day. Know what I mean? I'm talking about fathers sticking around in the black community. If we had a full and open conversation about that, We wouldn't be having a ridiculous conversation about this, renaming George Washington University. And by the way, if they get their way with this, you know what's next, renaming the Washington Monument, renaming, um, well, renaming Washington, D.C. And not only renaming Washington, D.C., you got to get rid of the Constitution because, you know, all those white men who are involved in that. And while we're at it, let's get rid of the Bible. After all, there are slaves throughout the Bible. Slaves. Yeah. Joseph was a slave. Uh, was it, what, what was Moses' situation? <laughs> his situation. I know all about Joseph in the Old Testament being pushed down into that horrible pit by his brothers, no less, and then being falsely accused, and then being thrown in jail. But God trusted him, and he trusted God. Today, with black enrollment at 10%, black students on campus continue to struggle for community. Despite alleged efforts by administration to enhance diversity, the admissions office continues to fail to ensure a student body with adequate minority representation. Black professorship also remains low, especially in the university's international affairs program. Limited black professors teaching African and African-American courses and the continued neglect of black academia and black professorship create a campus culture in which European studies and white perspectives are favored over black perspectives. No African languages are taught at the university and calls for reforms are often ignored, often ignored, often ignored. Is that true? Uh, Lately, I noticed that um, anybody in management who happens to be white (laughs) capitulates and folds and does whatever the woke mob seems to want. Maybe you guys haven't been vocal enough. and Maybe you're just kind of lobbing this crap to the university, uh, to to the Washington Post. Go in there and confront the university professor. He'll give you whatever you want. I promise you. These problems are rooted in systemic racism, institutional inequality, and white supremacy. Yeah, there we go. There are at least four ways the university could achieve progress. Okay. Decolonized university curriculum. Now, what the hell does that mean? I think it means a de-emphasis on uh, great literature. That's kind of what it means. You know, all those crummy books written by old white men, old dead white men. They love saying that on campus. Yeah, Shakespeare. Although i got to grant you I'm not really into Shakespeare. Um, (laughs) I'm talking about that this morning. I had no idea. I still have no idea. I know he was talented. I know he was great. Uh, But it's lost on me. Go figure. Uh, Let's see. Decolonized university curriculum. Increased black enrollment, the renaming of the university and the selection of an African-American president. Oh, I just breeze right by that. The renaming of the university and the selection of an African-American president. Now, good luck with the uh, again. Just okay. Oh, we got a white guy. We need a black guy. People are people. People are people. They're capable of great things and very bad things. And they're competing impulses. White people have that. Black people have that. Asian people have that. There's a real movement here that says, okay, if, as soon as we get a black person in charge, everything's going to be fine. No, you're not. No. There are narcissists and lunatics who are black, and there are narcissists and lunatics who are white. I've met actually a couple, <laughs> white and black. Don't think I've met any Asians. Like that. Just happens to be. I know they're out there, too. In the university's 200-year history, GW has never had an African-American president. Blah, 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 blah. The controversial Winston Churchill Library must go. (laughs) The Winston Churchill Library. One of the greatest leaders of the 20th century. One of the most learned men who ever lived. We got to get rid of that. Because he was a person of his time. Hmm? This is the um you want to live in this country like this? Do you want to live in fear of the of the woke mom? You got to keep it, your eye on this one. It's this is the way it starts. George Washington University is first, then Washington DC, then our constitution, then our bible. And it can happen very very fast and we can't we cannot let them succeed. Stay with me.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes. Hello.
1: Hello. 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 You want to hear the most outrageous thing that really freaked out the fake news media? I mean, my goodness gracious. Uh, They were, they thought they could have impeached him for this. I actually watched it. I'm like, yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah, it sounds reasonable to me. I thought it was a great press conference, actually. Oh, did they freak out? Oh, did they hate this? Again, right after that uh, big Charlottesville riot. Go ahead.
2: George
3: Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down? Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now, we are going to take down his statue? So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them Absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You, got a, you, had a lot of bad, you had a lot of bad people in the other group, too.
1: Never again will we have somebody like him, unless we have him again. Uh, unless we have him again. And man, oh man, we need him back. Fearless. I actually think he doesn't have, like, the, the little gland that goes off and makes us nervous or fearful, he doesn't have it. And sometimes that can get you into trouble. Sometimes fear is a good thing. Although, think about what you could accomplish if you weren't afraid of anything or anybody, huh? No matter what the odds were, you just plowed ahead. I think you can get some pretty amazing stuff done. How many times did the lies we tell ourselves... Hold us back. And we tell ourselves a lot of lies. We can be really hard on ourselves. I mean, I'm not the only one who does that, right? Oh, you stupid idiot. Why did you say that? Oh, God, God, God. Oh. I mean, to this day, I relive moments in my life. Like, I can't believe I, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, God, why did I do that? I'm such a stupid idiot. Things I would never say about anybody else. But we say them about ourselves. Isn't that interesting, actually? The people we are closest to. Ourselves, of course. But family and friends. Sometimes we're the worst to them. We kiss everybody else's ass except the people who love us the most, right? That's uh there's something I think wrong with that. All right, uh, Mary has something to say. Mary, you're in Manhattan. Hi, Mary.
4: Thank you for letting me speak, and thank you for all the service you do for our country. But you made a mistake about George Washington.
1: Goodbye, Mary. I'm not interested. I'm only kidding. What did I say about George Washington that was wrong?
4: Oh, well, he was a major slaveholder. Yeah. Uh, holder. He married Martha Custis. So the the estate and the slaves belonged to Martha. So what George Washington said was that upon his death, he wished the slaves to be freed, and he actually left them money in his will. So wait a second.
1: The, I don't think I said anything wrong. You're saying that they weren't George Washington's slaves. They were Martha's?
4: That I am not finished. He proceed, he died before Martha. <laughs> I don't know what happened after that. Well, Ma- uh, Mary, mean, Mary, Mary,
1: say- Mary. No, excuse me, Mary. Hey Mary, I'm gonna put you on hold for a little no, bit. No, you're not gonna. All right, me goodbye, on. Mary. Goodbye. Wow, I've never seen anybody like that. You are gotta shut up and let me finish, Mary. You gotta have a little bit of give and take. You gotta be able to roll with the punches. You don't just call up in here and just bulldoze your way through. By the way, if you think I was wrong, you happen to think Trump was wrong? Can I hear what Trump said one more time? You're gonna correct. Go ahead. Go ahead and correct Donald Trump. Go to a. Go to his next rally. All right. And I want you to rush the stage and say, shut up. I want to correct you on something. Mary, that was beneath you. I still like you, but that was beneath you to react that way. You don't get that. You know what? Go on Facebook. And if you got to get it out so bad. All right. So, hey, when you marry somebody, um, guess what? It becomes yours, right? (laughs) You think um, you think we're woke and independent now. Try getting divorced. We're very, very traditional, okay? We're very traditional in this country. But when you're married, the assets are considered one, right? I think back in, when the hell did George Washington get married? 1750 or something like that? And when they got married, whatever was Mary's was George's, and whatever was George's was Mary's. Now, let me hear what Trump said about the slaves in George Washington again, please. No,
3: George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Shut up, Washington. President now Trump you're wrong. Status? are we going to take down Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? Yeah, you see what, you what I mean? You see, you see, you see? Like you see
1: Mary, he's not making the distinction and neither am I because I think you're wrong. All right? They were all they were all Martha's and not his. Wrong. Um Look that up for me, will you? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Lori wants to say something. Actually, before I get to that, before I get to that, uh, where does this leave us? Well, do me a favor. Fill in the gap here. Laura, what's up? Oh, wait a second. First, first, first. Hey, you guys in Pennsylvania, if you buy this fraud, Kathy Barnett, you are making a serious, serious mistake. Kathy Barnett has no business in the United States Senate, okay? She is a silly person. She is uninformed. She is not accomplished. She has no business in the United States Senate. You guys bought it. You know what I mean? You did. And your expectations are too low. Ooh, she told a very nice story. Ooh, Kathy Barnett, she said that sentence so well smarten up this is important this is politics by the way and this is our country and I can say things about Kathy Barnett that are true this is politics I got people out there how dare you say that about a black woman it doesn't work that way in America okay you throw your hat in the ring you run for the United States Senate this is the big leagues you got it I can say anything I want about her, about Fetterman, about McCormick, about any of these scumbags. And she is a fraud. Look at her website. Look at her resume. Mom, congratulations. Uh, That is a big job. Number two, veteran, look it up. Something very suspicious and weird and vague about her background. Author, ooh, she wrote a book. Looks to me like she published it in her garage and she got to go on Fox News a couple of times. You're playing with fire here. You're going to get yourselves burnt.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Hey, I'm looking at Rick Scott, senator from Florida. Joe Biden, he's from Florida. He said yesterday that he's from Wisconsin. Uh, Joe was really bad yesterday. Listen, i got to wrap up on this uh Pennsylvania Senate thing. The United States Senate seat is up for grabs. That guy, Pat Toomey, is uh, retiring. On the Democrat side, it's probably going to be Fetterman. He's the lieutenant governor. He's this really weird guy. He's like six foot eight inches tall. He's been living in the attic of a YMCA for the past 20 years. Uh, somehow he became the lieutenant governor. He went from small-town mayor to the lieutenant governor of the state. He goes around wearing a a shirt, like a work shirt, Um. You know like the janitors wear? Uh, I was a janitor, by the way, for two years uh, at Emigrant Savings Bank, and I had a shirt like this. It was, uh, it was a blue work shirt, and they would used to put our names in script, you know? Often the names were like Jake, um, Rusty, uh, Sal, uh, but my, there was mine, Greg, in script, always in script. But he does not have his name in script. He just has the work shirt. It's very mouse say tongue weird. He's got a goatee. He looks, quite frankly, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in my mind's eye, if there's a white supremacist, I know there were four of them. He kind of looks like one. I, what I would have. I, I don't want to say that. He just looks a bit like a hillbilly. Sorry. Um, and there are great hillbillies out there. And, you know, I know you guys, you make fun of the city slickers all the time. I was in the Marine Corps for nine years. You know, for nine years, I think I met two Marines from New York. Every Marine I worked with was from either Wisconsin, South Carolina, or Arizona. That's it. There was no, just that, That's the way it worked. Y'all from New York, huh? Hmm. That was, boy, that was suspicious. But anyway, we overcame our differences, and that's one of the great things about the military. You know, everybody comes together from all walks of life. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. General Milley wants everybody to... Uh, Look out for uh, how you look, what skin color you are, and treat people differently. It's a real crying shame. It's so harmful to the military. It's so anti-American, this point of view. All right, back to the Senate. Fetterman could be—who's the other guy? Connor Lamb. Oh, he was a Marine. Too wimpy, though. You can be a Marine and a wimp. I knew plenty of them. Um, It looks like it's going to be Fetterman. There's another guy named Kenyatta. I think he's—who knows? I don't really care. But it looks like um, it should be a Republican year. On the Republican side, who do we have? Well, we have our favorite, our Trump-endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz. The guy is a genius. I mean, and all that schooling and all that expertise. A guy who can open up a chest, fix your heart, and then close it, and you're on your way. I'm sorry, that's... That's incredible. And didn't go to some fly-by-night uh, medical school in uh, the Caribbean. He went to Columbia. He went to the University of Pennsylvania. He went to Harvard. All right? He knows this stuff. He has expertise. And to know that stuff, to be good at it, you've got to be good at a lot of things. Your mind is amazing. His mind is amazing. I met him first in 2007, I think. And I do remember the first time I, I met him. I was like, this is a great man. You know that great gets thrown around a lot. This is a great man, capable of great things. So he is, uh, he's running. I think he's going to win. He's got, a, he's got a race on his hands. Now, McCormick is a hedge fund guy. Nobody likes him. Uh, swamp guy, uh, in with George W. Bush and that crowd, probably all up for the Iraq war. Hey, isn't this great? Go after the weapons of mass destruction, except there were none. What does he bring to the table? Hedge fund stuff. What are those hedge fund guys good at? Uh, Making money for themselves. (laughs) They always win. They always win. But he's really good at sending jobs to China. I actually saw some video of him saying that he would like to live in Hong Kong. He'd like to live in Hong Kong and stay there. Well, once you lose, Dave McCormick, that can be arranged. You got the money. What the hell? Go. You can do whatever you want. Why do we give these guys – they actually – here's where their ego gets out of control. They think they're worth the money. They actually think they deserve $75 million a year. Hey, there's one hedge fund guy who made a billion dollars in one year. I don't like those guys. All right? I don't like them with their fleeces. I don't like them with their – I don't. Now, there are great Wall Street men, too. There are. We need these financiers, okay? And they are the most philanthropic people in the world, some of them, a few of them but not dave and not his uh mrs mccormick what's her deal dina and i'm sorry why are you picking on his wife well they just got married for one 2 years ago both got divorced and they found each other at the white house and but she's going around she's a goldman sachs banker and she's playing hardball left and right she's threatening people if you don't support my husband you're in trouble with goldman a little really bad stuff going on with her And then McCormick actually has the, I guess, the bigotry to call into question Oz's patriotism. Can't seem to get over the fact that Oz's parents were from Turkey. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is being upset by that, is thinking that that's suspicious. That's wrong. And that takes us to Kathy Barnett. Now, who's Kathy Barnett? Uh, Literally nobody. Nobody knows anything about her. Nobody can find out anything about her. I know a few things about her. <laughs> Number one, she's a pretend conservative. Now, quite frankly, her claim to fame is that she is a black woman conservative. But I saw some stuff today, and quite frankly, she didn't sound very conservative to me. Sounds like, uh, sounds like she wants to uh, become a, the Black Lives Matter chapter president for uh, Pittsburgh or wherever she lives, lives in Pennsylvania. Can I hear a little bit of Kathy, uh, Kathy Barnett, candidate for the United States Senate in Pennsylvania, Republican side? Great big phony fraud. Don't fall for it, Pennsylvania. Don't fall for it. This is accurate. She said this stuff. Go ahead.
2: In broad daylight. It's just absolutely reprehensible. And in that moment, I felt an entire nation come to the aid. All right, stop of- it
1: for a second. Let me just – she's talking about George Floyd and the protests that happened afterwards, Right. Uh, and she wants to honor the life and legacy of George Floyd. This is during a congressional campaign that she loses by about twenty points. All right, and this is what she does. She's like one of those people who I've seen him before. They got him on both sides of the aisle. Kathy Boyle. What's that? What's that crazy person's name? Lindsay Boyle, Boylan, Boyle. She ran for she always oh, she ran for Congress. She ran for Manhattan Borough President. She's going to run for president. She's going to run for everything. Number one, it's fun. Number two, it beats working. You get to just dabble in a bunch of stuff and get your picture in the paper. It's just stupid. It's so shallow and dumb. Uh, all right, take it from the top. Again, she's talking about uh, the death of George Floyd and what happened next. Go ahead.
2: In broad daylight, it's just absolutely reprehensible. And in that moment, I felt an entire nation come to the aid of what so many of us in the black community feel um, happens often enough. Some of us feel as though on every street corner there's a police officer there ready and waiting to shoot a black man.
1: Ready and waiting to shoot a black man. Um, And she's so pleased that everybody came together to protest the death of George Floyd. Now, that protest damn near tore this country apart. It actually did. It actually worked. Why? George Floyd, career criminal. There was an overreaction to what happened, an overcorrection to what happened. Mob rule, literal mob rule in this country. Big corporations writing big checks, hundreds of millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter. So a couple of communists could buy houses for themselves. Insanity. What else did she say? Kathy Barnett, candidate for, she says she's a conservative, everybody. Running for, running for Senate in Pennsylvania. Go ahead.
2: Like you, wanted to make sure that these police officers received, that George Floyd received justice. And that these four police officers did not get a tap on the wrist, right? I wanted that just like everyone else in this nation. And I can say for a strong certainty that I would have been out there right along beside each and every one of you who were protesting in um, in, in in Minneapolis. I would have been right there, lock arm and ready, to have my voice heard to make sure that those who were that those who are in power recognize that we are watching them and we are and what our expectations are.
1: So you fell for it. You fell for the Black Lives Matter crap and hype. Yes, you did. Oh, yes, you did. You saw what happened in Minneapolis? They burned that city to the ground. You see what happened to that police station? They burned it to the ground. Are you going to be like Ali Velshi and tell me that this is mostly peaceful? This is mostly not unruly. It was a riot, a sustained riot, and people died. And you wanted to be there joining, joining, joining forces. Well, when you lose this race, you can join forces with Mitt Romney, Adam Kinzinger, uh, Liz Cheney and the rest. Okay, you can kneel, kneel like uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Take a knee. Why don't you? Huh? Is there more? One more. Go ahead.
2: I am a black woman, as you can clearly see, married to a black man. And I have a black son. Racism systemic racism is very important to me. It's a very important topic to me. My baby, he's 14 years old, almost six feet tall. Um, I want him to be able to walk into a world that is safe. I want him to be able to drive wherever he wants to drive and to live his best life. If he makes a mistake, It is my prayer that people will give him grace, (laughs) that he will meet. If he makes a mistake where he runs into the justice system, I pray that people will do the right thing.
1: You know where I've heard this before, I got a deja vu feeling. There's something about this that's so familiar. Aha! Bill de Blasio and Dante! Bill de Blasio and Dante! Remember, I've had to sit Dante down and tell him about the threats and the the dangers he will he will face as a black man in New York City. Oh, and those racist cops. You see what they're doing? You see, you see how she bought that ridiculous, those ridiculous lies about systemic racism and the police and white supremacy and all that crap. Trying to pretend that America is something it's not, trying to pretend that America is South Africa and it's apartheid, overlooking the fact that most police departments here in New York City, it's more than half non-white. Diversity. It's part of our way of life here. Stop lying about us. Stop lying about us, Kathy. And while you're at it, I'd go back to that school you say you went to. What is it? Troy State, Fountain Blue State? And get your money back, because your depth of knowledge is not, quite frankly, you're in over your head. You're not worthy of consideration of the United States Senate, all right, for the United States. You just can't go there. You can't. You can't. You know it. And what is up with your military record? What do we have here? Now, this is her official website, all right, about Kathy Barnett, mom, veteran, author, Political commentator. Want to hear me uh, summarize her her military career? Here we go. Right here. Ready? Kathy served her country proudly for 10 years in the Armed Forces Reserves, where she was accepted into officer candidacy school. That's it. That's it. What branch of the military? Uh, (laughs) I've never heard anybody describe there, I was in the Armed Forces. You say you're in the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Army. You say something. I was in the Armed Forces Reserves. That's very odd. What was her job? She doesn't say. She was accepted into officer candidacy school. Well, as a graduate of officer candidate school, it's not officer candidacy school. It's officer candidate school. There's something odd and weird about all of this about her. You would be making a grave mistake, Pennsylvania. I understand. You want this to be a popularity contest? You want to resent Dr. Oz because he's friends with Oprah Winfrey, because he went to a party, because he said something 10 years ago that you don't agree with? Have at it. It's going to blow up in your face. You're as wrong as wrong can be if you sign up for this train wreck of a candidate. No one bothered. No one bothered to look into it. They gave her a great, big, fat free pass in large part because she's a black woman. And I think, quite frankly, that's a disservice to her. Somehow you're 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 it's a disservice. You're not treating her fairly. You're not treating her like the big boys. I bet that's what Kathy wants. Give her the same scrutiny you gave Dave McCormick. Dr. Oz and the rest. I'll be right back. Uh,
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, enough about
1: Pennsylvania. Do I want to? That was a lot. All right. I think I'm over it. I think I'm over it. Am I over it? I'm over it. One more thing. Hey, what was that show? Columbo. Nobody talks about Colombo anymore. Uh, what happened with that? Ah, this is good. This is good. This is Joe Biden lying again or just being wrong. I got I to gotta give him sometimes the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's just totally uninformed, totally off in la-la land. I mean, yeah, that's still no excuse. Here he is blaming Republicans for everything and uh, saying they, they don't know what they're doing and they'll never help this energy crisis get us out of it. Cut 47, please. The fact
5: is the average cost of a barrel of oil has been steady for weeks. So, uh, so why do gas prices keep going up so high? Republicans have offered plenty of blame, but not a single solution to actually bring down the energy prices. You know, we have no plan. They have no plan to bring down energy prices today.
1: They have no plan. No plan. No plan. They have no plan. (laughs) Do what Lauren Boebert said, Republican of Colorado. And she said this two months ago. The Republicans have no plan. Here's your plan. Just do exactly what she says. Cut 48.
5: We should restart construction of the Keystone XL pipeline, overturn Biden's energy leasing moratorium, and expedite permits for pipelines and natural gas exports. We need the American Energy Independence from Russia Act and stop playing Biden's energy from anywhere from America
2: game.
1: That's pretty specific. (laughs) Wasn't she great? Lauren Boebert. I've met her once. She is amazing. Uh, Totally amazing. Hey, I want to tell Mary in Manhattan... Um, if you call back, um, and you're nice, I'll hear you out. But if you start yelling at me, I mean, only I can do this Shaq Jack stuff. All right. Not you, but call back if you want, uh, wait a second, Laura in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yes.
4: Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you're in Pennsylvania. What are you,
1: what are you going to do? What's uh, what's your plan here? Well,
4: that's why I'm very glad that you talked about the Pennsylvania people, because we're all confused. But after hearing you speak and giving us really great details on Kathy Burnett, my mind is made up. I'm going with Dr. Oz. All
1: right, Kathy. It's music to my ears. I think you're doing the right thing.
4: Yes. yes. And I I thank you for today's show, because uh, all this uh, racism, nonsense is nonsense, This, this I've had it. I'm angry. I'm angry because I used to live in the projects and we all used to be family. And then they used to put people from other boroughs into the projects and then they brought their racism against white people. And then the cops would come and they and they didn't want to do anything to the the culprits uh, because they were afraid. They were afraid of black people.
1: Hey, Laura, where are you in Pennsylvania?
4: Oh, I'm in Bushkill.
1: Where is that? What is that?
4: That's uh, you know where Fernwood is?
1: No, <laughs> sorry.
4: You know, you know where the Bushkill Falls? Hey, forgive is? me. I, like, I I
1: forg- Well, no, I don't know where that is either. I know okay. where uh, you know, beautiful Mount you know Airy where, Lodge is.
4: Eh, you know where? Um, oh God, Suffolk. They have the fair. Isn't
1: oh yeah. There? Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah.
4: Okay, I'm about an hour into Pennsylvania from there, from there.
1: There are people, I love this, who commute to New York City from Pennsylvania. That's one hell of a commute. Uh, but this, it it's interesting, Montauk is further away from, farther away, further, farther, I always get that messed up, mm-hmm. from Manhattan mm-hmm. than, uh, mm-hmm. than the border of Pennsylvania uh, with New Jersey. That's interesting. Hey, Laura, mm-hmm. I appreciate the call so much. Yes, I, I, this is too important. This is too important. Kathy Barnett, you know, she's cute. She makes, a, you know, has a couple of interesting anecdotes, but she's not ready. And she is the Democrats' big hope here. Dr. Roz is Trump endorsed. He is a man of character. I know him. I, I like him a lot. I'm not officially endorsing him because I can't, but, uh, and I'm not voting because I don't live in Pennsylvania. But uh, uh, thank you, Laura. Good luck, okay?
4: Okay, God bless. You bet.
1: You too. You too. Ah, good stuff. Hey, one more before I go. Gary is in Greenwood Lake. Where is that?
6: That's about 100 miles north of uh, New York City, Greg, and a great show. First of all, uh, my brother-in-law served with your dad in Vietnam, and my cousin served uh, under your dad with the New York City Police Department. Now, I want to get to uh, something that's of interest to you. You enjoy the movie The Godfather? Yeah. Okay. So... Remember the scene where the gentleman takes the stallion out of the uh, store there and goes against the Colion family's wishes that he's going to play ball with them? And the next scene, it pans to a beautiful home and
1: yeah, he's yeah, in yeah, bed with the cuts off head. the horse, right? Yeah,
6: right. Okay, have you been there?
1: Well, that house, you know, a couple of things. Uh, the house, the exterior shots of the house, there are a couple of different exteriors. One is in California, that house still exists, it's worth like $50 million. There's another. Uh, one for his bedroom, which I believe is on the north shore of Long Island. Correct?
6: That's right. That's the uh, Harry Guggenheim estate, uh, which is now owned by Nassau County, the Feliz estate. That was Mrs. Guggenheim's cottage. She lived they didn't along very well, but she lived in her own... You uh, didn't
1: think I would know that one, did you?
6: Pretty good. Uh, and by the way, Charles Lindbergh stayed in that home the night before he departed uh, from Mitchell Field. My well, mother no. My no, sir. There.
1: That is incorrect. He stayed at the Garden City Hotel the night before he flew across. We'll
6: talk
1: about no, 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 no. No, he, he definitely was in the hotel. He definitely was in the Garden City Hotel, But and he didn't sleep very well. He also visited a guy on my block, 3rd Street, where I lived uh, in the days before. Hey, let me just ask you this, Gary. Have you seen my Godfather pieces? that are online. Have you seen them?
6: No, I haven't, Greg. Oh, they're fantastic. you gotta
1: you got to Google my name, Greg Kelly Godfather. And uh, you're going to love it. All right, Gary, I got to go. And I think we have to go. Uh, The wife just came in with lunch. Things are looking great. I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly, on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh,
1: people in my life have been bringing up the subject of Broadway. It's time to go back to Broadway. Um, I mean, I'm all for it and all. It's a big moneymaker for the city. It's um, it's great, and I want all those guys to have their jobs. I want the, the orchestra. I want the usher. I want the guy who sells the uh, candy that's uh, so expensive. I want I want everybody to be working, and I, I appreciate the arts, even though I don't engage with them very often. I'm talking about the performing arts. I'm walking in and watching them on stage, hey, have you noticed nobody? But nobody is going to the movies anymore. I got to say, the best play I've ever seen was worse, not as good, as the worst movie I've ever seen. Know what I mean? I would take a movie over a play any day. I have no idea. Ten seconds in, I have no idea what they're talking about. I never have any idea what they're singing about. Forget it. There was only one musical I liked. Planet of the Apes, the musical. I hate every ape I see. From A to chimpanzee. No, you'll never make a monkey out of me. Let me think. Oh, my God, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. <laughs> uh, Planet of the Apes, the musical. Now, I would see that. Oh, I would love to see that. I take it back. I did see The King and I once and that was like that was like a movie on stage. I couldn't believe it. That was like really good. Look, anyway, I want the Broadway community to thrive. I'm just not going to go and sit in your tiny seats and I'm certainly not going to have Patty Lapone yell at me. So, somebody goes to see her show. Hey, what show is she in anyway, Patty Lapone? Who cares? It's some the company or company. Company. Uh, so I guess after the show is over, they stick around for Q&A because you just really want to a- ask these actors and actresses, tell me why you accepted this role. Uh, what is it about this character that really drew you in? Ever notice that all the questions are always the same? Any celebrity sits for an interview, it's always the same. And nobody cares about the stuff that they're asking. But anyway, so somebody is in the audience, and I guess she's not wearing a mask, Patty Lapone. She cannot wear a mask because she's Patti Lapone and she's on stage. And she's sitting right next to a woman, by the way, fellow cast member in the show Company, whatever that is. But Patti Lapone spots a person in the audience whose mask is just below the nose. And uh, she, she becomes irate. Go ahead. Right Put your mask over your nose.
4: That's why you're in the theater. That is the rule. If you don't want to follow the rule. Chris Hart will pay my salary. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Can we Just put your mouth person. over your nose. We have
1: worked really hard. Ma'am, whoever you are, in the audience, I love you. You hear what she said? I pay your salary. I'm a patron, and she's like that. My producer pays my salary. Well, he'd have no show, the producer. He'd have one more failure on Broadway if it wasn't for that maskless woman, okay? Who wasn't even maskless. She just had it below her nose, like everybody, by the way. And Patty Lapone, guess what? These stupid diapers we're wearing over our face so you feel secure, they don't work. Only the N95 mask works. You want to wear one of those? Believe me, you don't. The asbestos removal guys, they wear those things. The rest of us are wearing these dopey little cloth things that don't work. Everybody knows it. It's a charade. And You know what's really offensive here also? The clapping from the audience. You go, Patty. You go. You tell her off. You know, celebrities, they really do have, uh, you know, latitude to do whatever the hell they, especially on the left. I mean, how many times have we see Alec Baldwin confront people in the street and say horrible things to them? I mean, horrible, vicious things. But he was to the left, so it was okay. And in the end, somebody got shot. Can I hear that one more time? All the people getting excited for Patty Lapone telling this person all, oh, please. That's the worst part. your over your nose.
4: That's why you're in theater. That is the rule. That's why you don't want to follow the rule. Chris will my salary Who do you think you are Just put your your nose we have worked really hard.
1: If you're a performer, you know you do have to be respectful of these folks. I know we're not gonna we're gonna make mistakes. you know some of us are klutzes some of us don't go to Broadway all the time. You know, I remember this poor guy. He's watching the Philharmonic and his cell phone goes off. They damn near tried to cancel him, you know, because uh, Yo Yo Ma or whatever, you know, got interrupted. Everybody else, you know, everybody else is treated like a person, you know? Everybody else is treated like a person. What do I mean by that? Some days are good, some days are not. People get in your face. This is New York. This is New York and yeah there's a little bit of give and take, but for Patty Lapone to use the f word on this person and the audience to applaud her as she 's berating this very nice person i'm sure give her a break, not wearing the mask over her nose. I told you i 'm never wearing one of those dumb things again ever ever what's the name of the show again? Companion Company, get me tickets to see company, get me the best. Best seat you can. Front row. As soon as the curtain goes up, off comes my mask. I'll wear the mask just to get in. Okay? It's like a military operation. And then whammo, it comes off. Yes, Patty Lapone. What? I can't hear you. F me. F you. How dare you? Oh, that would be fun. Oh, I can't wait. Is Broadway open tonight? Yeah, Wednesday, they, call, they 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 take one night a week off. I'll say this for the Broadway crew. They work their asses off. Two shows a night, I think it's six days a week or something like that. They get Mondays off. Imagine that, having Monday off. Big deal. Monday. Monday. Party down, it's Monday. I used to have Monday and Tuesday off. Now, the good thing about having Monday off was you had a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it, you didn't get the Sunday night blues. Although, quite frankly... I never get the Sunday night blues anymore, mostly because, quite frankly, I, well, I've been working on my relationship with God, and when you get things right with Him, and I'm always working on Him, you know, I really am, and I'm just, but you realize that all those, you know, I used to see a psychiatrist. I used to see him all the time, this, that, and the other thing, and once I finally got into the Word of God, no disrespect to the psychologists and the psychiatrists out there, but... You got nothing on God. I mean, you know what I mean? He's just it's just that he can straighten you out more than anybody else. And speaking of God and getting straightened out, I think that Joe Biden, you should reevaluate your life and get on your knees and, quite frankly, pray for forgiveness. I'm serious. You, you, you have some big dime issues and you're in complete denial about everything, it seems to me. Lying becomes so easy. Is has been so easy your entire life. That's how we got to know you. That's how we first got to know you. What did Maya Angelou say? Never forget who someone tells you they are. Something along those lines. Uh, cut 54, please.
5: I know the families all across America are hurting because of inflation. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the when the price of gas or food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table.
1: Big fat lie, by the way. Hey, Joe Biden was no blue-collar kid. He always pushes that lie because he thinks it plays well in the sticks. Folks, in Garden City, by the way, and I'm about to take a phone call regarding Garden City in a moment, but Garden City, Long Island, a very affluent town, guess who lived there for a while? Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, Joe Biden lived there. Hey, guess who had a new car for every date with a girl in high school? Joe Biden. Why? Because his father ran the dealership. Joe Biden was a big boy in Wilmington. I mean, a big man. And, um, yeah, that's a lot of fake news about his heart and his luck. He always tells the story, and it's a BS story. When he was six years old, his father lost his job, and the first thing the father does is go upstairs to tell little Joey about it. Now, um, I have kids, and i got to tell you— That's just not the first person you're going to, especially if they're six, right? No, you're not going to go. And he's been trying to, he's been cashing in on this ever since. Uh, All right, we got that. Hey, just remember this. If you're good enough, if you're skilled enough to get on some government website and apply for a program, you're probably good enough and skilled enough to not need the program to begin with. Now, Joe's latest, uh, silliest idea is free internet for basically everybody who makes under, what, $50,000 a year? So you can watch Netflix without any problem. Is that what we really need? You know, there's a digital divide, not like the way you think. The smart people are getting offline, are turning off their phones and walking away. The dumb people, and I'm sorry, too often, often, not always, but plenty of times, poor people, are going all in digitally and getting hooked on these stupid, depraved apps. Gosh, can you imagine? When, when did you actually have to walk up to a person, strike up a conversation, show some human decency, show some smarts, show some dexterity mentally? I'm talking about hitting on somebody, by the way, at a bar or anywhere else. You had to do it in person. Now you meet on a nap. And after about uh, three seconds of politeness, you want to know, uh, what are you down for? You down for this? You down for that? You up for this? You up for that? How do you like this? I like that, too. All right, let me see a picture. Yeah. Oh, all right. Take a look at this picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go. Where are you? Okay. Well, they're not all like that. <laughs> uh, a lot of people say, you know, I'm not here for that. I'm I'm here to meet somebody. That's the way you have to do it these days. All right. Where the hell was I going with this? Uh, uh, wait, wait, I had something to say. Uh, Steve Portnoy questions. Uh, well, do me a favor. Play this. It's about Joe Biden's dad. And it's another thing where I don't believe him. Cut 63.
5: I'll never forget getting knocked out when I was in fifth grade. And my dad walked out and said, get up, get up, get up. Unless something's broken, get up. Well, I think that's what sports tell you. You just get up. You get up. But my dad would say, every time you get knocked down, just get up, Joey. Get up. My dad said just one thing. When you get knocked down, get up. Just get up.
1: Get up. Get up. Get up. It's It's not inspiring somehow. Somehow, once
0: again, I don't believe you, Joe. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly
1: on the Red Apple
0: Podcast Network.
1: Got to go through this. It's fascinating to me. Uh, one more time. And I know a lot of folks, maybe you're not a political junkie, but it's important. You want to take this country back. You want to take it back from the woke left. You got to start doing it one race at a time. And you want Donald Trump to be enhanced and not diminished, well, he endorsed Dr. Oz. You're going to go undermine Donald Trump? You're going to second-guess Donald Trump? You're going to be like the fake news and give him a hard time? You want to give them more ammunition to go around saying, Donald Trump is losing his political mojo? If you elect somebody like Kathy Barnett, you want that to happen? That's what they want. The left wants, oh, boy, do they want that. They'd love it. They'd love it. It'd be win, 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 win for them. Number one, Kathy Barnett will go down in flames to Fetterman in November. Absolutely, positively, absolutely no doubt about it. Because unlike the fake news now, who's helping her and not vetting her, hands-off approach for a lot of reasons. One of them, by the way, is the Eric Adams uh, matter. A lot of reporters, if they happen to be white, feel very, very... uh, Uncomfortable questioning people who, as they say, don't look like them. Yeah, that's 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 kinda that's in a weird way racist in and of itself. Everybody. You gotta treat everybody the same. They vetted Dr. Roz, they vetted Dr. They vetted McCormick, they vetted Bartos, they vetted all these guys talking to their high school teachers, looking for dirt. Except Kathy. Except Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett running for the uh Republican nomination in the United States uh, for the United States Senate over there in Pennsylvania, and give me a moment. I saw something. This is from the Washington Examiner. Have you noticed the Examiner? It's actually very good, um, great stuff in there. All right, so let me uh, let me go through it. Um, start about it starts a kind of a boring conversation about the gubernatorial candidate you would never heard of. So let me. Oh shoot! There comes an ad, a pop up ad. Here we go. Um. Oh, Trump and the Club for Growth. There's a, there's a, per, okay, here we go. The question is, who is Kathy Barnett? And why is the Club for Growth supporting her? Actually, we already know why the Club for Growth is supporting her. Yeah, they got some sort of beef with Trump and they're all up in arms, but forget them for a moment. But who is she? The answers are not simple. I'm reading from the Washington Examiner. Very interesting piece by uh, Selena Zito, or Zito, sorry about that. Uh, The question is, who is Barnett? Uh, A series of questions asked both verbally and in text message with her campaign manager about her background for a story that was supposed to be a profile went unanswered with the exception of one. But that was too vague. When asked about her military service, the answer was, Kathy noted basic training was Fort Dix Army Reserves. Traditionally, in interviews with other military veterans, the first piece of information that is supplied to a reporter is a copy of the candidate's DD-214 form, a standard form issued when one retires or separates from the military. The other questions for her were no different or pressing when I questioned Dr. Oz in our interview on the road uh, in Greensburg, months ago, for an expansive profile piece in the Washington Examiner magazine, an interview that required two follow-up phone calls to get all the details. Now, were they any more pressing than what I asked McCormick in interviews for a profile I did of him over the past few months? They were not. Nor Oh, gosh, it keeps on popping up with these silly ads and stuff like that. Give me a second. Okay. Nor were they any more pressing than the interviews done with Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman or State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta, both of whom are seeking the primary nomination for the Democrats. Barnett, in her bio on her webpage, says, "Appearing regularly, Appearing regularly on national TV and radio, Kathy Barnett is a veteran, former adjunct professor, of corporate finance, sought-after conference speaker, and conservative political commentator. Next up, Cathy is taking on Washington, D.C., and is running for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. The bio also reads, Cathy served her country proudly for 10 years in the Armed Forces Reserves, where she was accepted into Officer Candidacy School. She worked for two major financial firms in corporate America and sat on the board of a pregnancy crisis center. For five years, this is remarkably thin stuff. The questions to the campaign, which said it doubted whether she would have time for an interview because she was booked for interviews continuously until Election Day, were pretty straightforward and simple. Number one, the name of her hometown. Number two, where was she an adjunct professor and when? Three, when was she in Officer Candidate School? Four, what financial institutions did she work for and when? When did she move to Virginia to Pennsylvania, from Virginia to Pennsylvania? She says in her book bio from 2018 that she lived in Virginia. So what year did she move to Pennsylvania? And a confirmation that the college she graduated from was Troy State University. The reply from the campaign manager noted, Kathy keeps her early life as private as possible, as I am sure you can understand why. Hello? Now, the writer says this, a reference one could surmise was to her life story, which she told compellingly in an ad this past week, um, and that she was the child of rape. Okay, she could be hiding nothing. She could be hiding everything. We don't know because there are no answers. While people hold a strong distaste for the press, many level-headed conservatives who really want to win this seat in November want to know as much as possible about each candidate. While voters may have turned been turned off by the battle for the primary between Oz and McCormick, the truth is both of these men have faced incredible scrutiny by both the press and their opposing campaigns. Voters at least have access to just about any information they want about them by scrolling through the countless stories that have been done about both of them. Barnett has benefited from several things: little scrutiny and the rock'em sock'em nature of the battle between Oz and McCormick that has been escalated by the proxy war between Trump and the Club for Growth. Her attachment to Mastriano, some guy who's running for governor. Uh, her ta- oh, uh, she even promoted a QAnon event apparently. Okay. Let me let me continue. Youngstown State. I'm reading about Kathy Barnett, who's actually doing somewhat well in the polls right now. Folks, you don't know a damn thing about her. Nobody does. She is a dangerous candidate. We can't trust her. All right. She just lamented that she wasn't uh, in Minneapolis uh, when George Floyd died. She would have been marching with everybody. Youngstown State University political science professor Paul Skrakich says Barnett has also taken better advantage of Justice Alito's draft opinion than her opponent's. This abortion thing put her front and center. The problem is her resume, it is very thin to say the least. What do we have on our hands? Another Obama, right? Came out of nowhere. But by the way, at least some of his story checked out. Hers doesn't. Don't forget. Be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Hey, you know Joe Biden can go in front of the uh, the world's media and not be asked any questions that he does want to hear. That's a little trick that he's been playing for a long time, and the media cooperate. You know, he'll make a statement about, uh, like yesterday, he talked about inflation, and I'll only take questions about inflation at the end of it. He's in front of four hundred reporters, and what do they do? They obey him, they follow his. Uh, they, they, they okay, well, he only said he wants questions about inflation. Screw that but they all follow along, don't they? Here he is telling everybody, no, 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 I don't want to talk about that. Cut 61, please. You're
5: going to ask me about what I spoke about. You can
1: ask me about what I spoke about. And then they all say, okay, they asked a bunch of questions about inflation. Hey, what about the laptop? Okay, you can say whatever you want. I can say whatever I want. Member of the press, right? Why the hell are you letting this guy walk all over you? Whatever happened to all your big talk about searching for truth? Two weeks ago at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, this guy, Stephen Portnoy, whoever he is, some dude at CBS. Oh, yeah, phew, fake news. Uh, fake news, and oh, by the way, Me Too City. Uh, Stephen Portnoy. Stephen Portnoy. Listen to how self-important and pompous and And dishonest he is because he doesn't live up to these, I guess, nice sounding ideals. But uh, no, 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 because nobody's asked Joe Biden about the laptop that we all know is real. How does a president of the United States get away with that? They get away with it with a totally compliant, in the tank, corrupt, fake news. That's how they do it. Although they pretend they pretend there's something else. Cut 62. To gird our democracy. We reporters believe that in the United States, no man or woman who holds or seeks power is above being questioned. Our democracy depends on journalists shining light and truth upon darkness and lies and bringing accountability to officials at every level of our government. Now, what makes Stephen Portnoy so special? Number one, he's clearly not living up to any of that stuff. I'm only going to take questions about inflation. Yes, sir. Sir. Yes, sir. Okay, only about inflation. We're going to call out the lies? What makes him special? Where's the accountability? Who's Steve Portnoy's boss? At least for these politicians, you know, we're kind of in charge, roughly, loosely. We can donate money. We can vote. We can not vote. We have a greater stake in this than these guys. Because what's Stephen Portnoy worried about? The truth? Lies? No. He's worried about Stephen Portnoy and his career. And his career, apparently, is enhanced by... Playing by the ground rules of Joe Biden. I'm only going to take questions on this comment on this topic. Incredibly unfair. And incredibly, I guess they're fooling themselves. You know, they really do. Hey, just remember this. That Roe v. Wade thing that happened, you know, it looks like it's on the way out. Now, for us who believe that life begins at the moment of conception, this is great news. But it seems like for the left, it's even better news. Because people like uh, Lori Lightfoot, they don't have to do – they were doing very little work to begin with. Now they can do even less work. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, go ahead. Cut 66. She's the mayor of Chicago. And she's supposed to what, what, – what what are, what are mayor's supposed to be worried about? Public safety, cleaning the streets, right? Um, you know, just running things. But this is where her head is. Cut 66.
4: As a one of a color, um, as a, a lesbian, it's important to me that – Diversity is put front and center.
1: Wow. Interesting. You can talk about diversity. You can talk about your sexuality. You can talk about your race and all that stuff. That's a lot easier than actually getting something done. You get it? Oh, here I am, me. My gender makes me special. My orientation makes me special. Huh? Since when? Since when? Hey, let me talk to all the straight white males out there. Do you feel special today that you're a straight white male? No, you were born this way. Get to work, right? Who cares? I don't give it a thought. Well, sometimes, you know what I mean. It's everything, though, now. Oh, and by the way, why was Lori Lightfoot in the news? Uh, I, so she put out a bunch of tweets that we have to fight... For uh this. We have to fight the Roe v. Wade decision. We have to it's a call to arms, she said. And people who agree with me on the right were very upset about that language. Oh, it's military language. Ooh, is she calling for violence? Look, I didn't like it when they played that game with us. I'm not gonna play it with her. I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. All right. I don't think she's calling for riots. And maybe she is. But I'm not going to go around like the left does. Oh, you said the word fight. Oh, that's wrong. This is what they try to get Trump on. Remember the, the speech that he gave on January 6th? Totally fine. Yeah, a couple of times he said, you're going to fight for hell for your country? You're going to fight like hell. Of course you do. I could show you 90,000 times that Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden said fight like hell. Thing is, they never mean it. It just it's just it sounds nice on the campaign trail. Anyway, this is from the, uh, the impeachment trial of Donald Trump. And they actually try to get him in trouble for saying the word fight on January 6th. This is, um, this is some congresswoman from the left, one of the impeachment managers. Remember this nonsense? You know, Washington is always focused on something that's not important right before something important happens. They're running around wetting their pants about the horns guy and a broken window and covid is right around the corner but no government yeah no this is too much fun you get yourself on tv for 4 hours saying this kind of junk cut 67
4: one of president trump's key defenses focus on what he said for a few seconds 15 minutes into the speech
3: i know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the capitol building ...to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard?
4: In a speech spanning almost 11,000 words... Yes, we did check. That was the one time, the only time President Trump used the word peaceful... ...or any suggestion of nonviolence. The implication of the President's tweets, the rally and the speeches were clear. President Trump used the word fight or fighting 20 times including telling the crowd they needed to fight like hell to save our democracy.
1: (laughs) Trying to get him in trouble for that. Hmm? Again, the left can say it, the right can't. But here's my position, actually. The left can say it, and the right can say it. These are metaphors, okay? Lighten up, and I'm not going to be that guy who says, Lori Lightfoot said she should fight, and I'm... I know they did it to us, but I also know that their words... And this is constitutionally protected speech. You can go out and lie. I don't like it, but you can. I actually like, I like having the right to say, the freedom to say whatever you want. You have the right in America to say whatever the hell you want. When we start appointing people to monitor our language and label things misinformation, I'll get to that in a second. But their words did create this fiction that America is a systemically racist country. And that the economic deck of cards is, well, it's stacked against people of color. That's what they want them to believe over and over again. Cut 68, please.
4: Racial injustice today is inextricably linked to economic injustice. I don't think we can address The devastating economic inequality in this country without addressing economic racism.
7: The foundation of racial inequality is racial economic inequality. And the foundation of racial economic inequality is the racial wealth divide. We have a global economic system which is built uh, on foundations
1: of Eurocentric values of white supremacy. So you put this out there. Is it any guess, any surprise whatsoever... That you're going to see hordes of people running into jewelry stores and taking stuff. That you're going to see malls overrun and everybody running out with uh, Burberry and uh, Ferragamo and uh, all those silly name brand stuff. That's what's happening. And they've heard that. They've been instigated by this crap. But unlike the left, I'm not going to try to illegalize that. I'm going to decry it. I'm going to bemoan it. I'm going to denounce it. But I'm not going to say that they don't have the right to say it. And that's what they're doing to us, which is really scary stuff, by the way. Really scary in my book. Uh, Let's see. What the hell else do we got going on here? Uh, Do I want to hear? uh, Look, not only are we economically all screwed up, but, of course, the original sin of slavery and police. Oh, yes, you police. You police. Even though most of you, by the way, in the police department aren't even white. But uh, no, no, everything, it's all on you. Cut 69.
7: Police are supposed to protect and serve, but it's clear that they are protecting the beneficiaries of inherent racist policies. And of
1: course, cities have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started.
6: They're not about one bad cop or one good guy with the gun or they're about systemic racism.
1: If you have the perspective where the cops have protected you your whole life, that's not how they treat everybody. We should accept no racism among our cops.
7: Racist sheriffs and police free to commit untold violence
4: against anyone they please.
1: We have to stop the black
5: killing fields. Okay? We know we have... Racist police?
1: Yeah. You say that enough times, and every time you turn on mainstream media, that is the message. Well, are you surprised? Are you surprised? what's We shouldn't be. And again, I'm not going to illegalize that speech or advocate for the illegalization of views that I don't agree with. It's still shocking, and it's still like, where's that Nina Jankilow? So this is the person, by the way. She works for the Department of Homeland Security, and she's in charge of this digital governance board that's going to label things misinformation or disinformation. When you start going there, man, oh, man, it's very, very dangerous. And this woman has no business being anywhere near our federal government in any position of responsibility. This person, Nina Jankowicz, here she is. You know what she says is disinformation? (laughs) Yes. She's going to be in charge of labeling things misinformation and disinformation, and she's already labeled the Hunter Biden laptop disinformation, which is a big fat lie, by the way. But here she goes. You know why she can do it? I guess because she's young and hip and liberal. Cut 70.
2: The the accusation is that. Hunter Biden in serving on the board of a Ukrainian company, which, you know, he is allowed to do. He was not the only foreign expert serving on on the board of a Ukrainian company, was involved in some corrupt behavior of that company. This company has been investigated for a long time.
1: Did she call Hunter Biden an expert? (laughs) Hunter Biden an expert? He's not an expert. He's an expert in prostitution and crack. But He's not an expert. And this was a total scam, his getting that job. More from Nina. Nina, cut 71.
2: Uh, There's never been any indication that Hunter Biden was involved in anything untoward. Uh, There are questions about whether he should have taken that board appointment. Wait, um, wait,
1: untoward? Shall I show you all the video of him uh, (laughs) with the crack and the prostitutes and the snorting of the cocaine off the prostitute's butt? I would say that's a little bit untoward. What about you? This is the expert on Burisma, $83,000 a month. Cut 72, please. Um, She says that none of this could have, could ever have affected policy. No, 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 no. Oh, of course not. This is a right-wing conspiracy dream of people like me and Rudy Giuliani. Here's Joe Biden bragging about altering American policy. Cut 72.
5: I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch.
6: <laughs>
5: Got fired.
1: Son of a bitch. He's so happy with himself. He was talking to the Foreign Relations Council here in New York about his sway, his swagger with the Ukrainian government. He He tells the Ukrainian president to fire the prosecutor. My question to Joe Biden. In your eight years in office, how many prosecutors did you tell presidents to fire in your entire eight years? The answer is one. One in Ukraine. And that prosecutor was investigating Burisma, where his son worked for eighty three thousand dollars a month. He is corrupt. He is rotten. And we know it. And I think deep down he knows it as well. Maybe not that deep down. You can tell yourself a lot of things but i see fear in his eyes when anybody brings up hunter when anybody brings up burisma i can see it i've actually shown it on the on the newsmax show but he's sheltered from it they protect him especially the fake news it's amazing it ain't gonna work i'll be back
0: greg kelly on the red apple podcast network
1: Okay, okay, okay. What do you think? Uh, Joe is in Whitestone. Yes, Joe, what's up?
6: Yeah, hi, Greg. Uh, 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 you're right about the Garden City Hotel. Mm. It was where uh, Lindbergh took off from, but it was the, probably the second Garden City Hotel, uh, not the present-day Garden no, City No, no kidding. Yeah, the
1: first, this present-day Garden City Hotel was built in uh, like 1982 or something like that. So, yeah, no, we know that. It was the other one burned down to the ground and sometime in the... In the seventies, I think, early seventies. Yeah, what's up?
6: No, I, mean, I was just saying. I'm a frequent uh, a customer at the Garden City Hotel, especially uh, old uh, Club G and uh, all those. Uh, the discotheque you know.
1: Club G was quite the discotheque, wasn't it?
6: It's all in Greg. Holy crap! Yeah, I know. Phew. That, that was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know you know, and I know what you're talking. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. I love that
6: place, and yeah.
1: uh, I used to take my
6: mom there for uh, your Mother's Your
1: mother? and To Club and, G. No, 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 no. Uh, to the I, brunch, I, I, yeah, I, to the I, brunch. I, you don't I, want to take I, you. don't want to take your mother to Club G. Uh, that I was like the I, Studio Fifty Four of Long Island.
6: It was a terrific place, and uh, I used to see Susan Lucci there all the time. Uh, yep. she actually sat on the the, the way the uh, lobby was years ago the the dining part was really outside on the lobby, uh, and it was a really long stretch of seats. And uh, Susan Lucci's uh, family, uh, with helmet helmet, uh, sat next to us. And uh,
1: yeah.
6: uh, my father would always run into Susan Lucci at the old, uh, yeah. I guess it was Bloomingdale's across the street there. But I love Garden City. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a great
1: know, town, great town. And Susan Lucci, wow. I mean, my goodness gracious. She's in her 70s, and she just looks like she's 22, I mean it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Just, I mean, I don't mean to sound out of order here, but let's face it, that's there's something really great going on there. And we're sorry that Helmet, by the way, died a few uh, couple of months ago. It's really that was uh, bad news. But it happens in life and he led a great life and a great couple there. Hey, thanks, buddy. Uh Paul is in Duchess County. Uh yes, sir.
7: Uh hey Greg. Uh two things about uh, Kathy Barnett's alleged military service. Yeah. Um, One, she puts herself out as a Armed Forces Reserve, 10 years proudly served, veteran. You do not get veteran status as a reservist unless you do 180 days of active duty training. I'm sorry, active duty service, not for training. So she would have to have been deployed somewhere.
1: Now, wait, 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 hold on on a second. I mean, um, first of all, I'm as skeptical as you are about her military service. I do believe you can call yourself a veteran after serving. Let's say you do one week in a month, two weeks a year. You can call yourself a veteran. I'm not going to quibble with that. I'm a veteran. You can say you're a veteran of the National Guard. I have no, I have no beef with that. And I think it's, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I, it sounds true, but I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. If she's in the National Guard, she can call herself a veteran. But, you know, was she dishonorably discharged? Was she court-martialed? What the hell happened when she was in the military? Nobody seems to know. Do you know what I mean, though, about what you just said?
7: Well, yeah. I mean, I get that. But the, the military doesn't classify it that way. You don't get veterans' benefits. Unless you don't. You do a that. lot
1: of people don't get veterans' benefits. You serve four years. I don't think, you know, you don't necessarily, look, I'm going to get veterans' benefits. Uh, well, I get, them, I get some of them now. I'm going to get more when I turn 60. I'm going to get a pension someday. But actually, you know what? That's a good point. I should check that out. Uh, You have that in writing, Paul?
7: I could. I could get it for you in writing. Well, I could find it, too. Um,
1: Let me hunt it down. What else did you notice about her website?
7: Well, she has a whole lot of pictures of her with a lot of different people, but, again, 10 years service, not one picture of her in uniform.
1: I found one of her in uniform. It's a very odd picture, and it looks like it was taken in 1980, and it doesn't look like her. And, by the way, her name is not Barnett on it. It's Bullock. I think that might have been her maiden name, but it's very strange. As you mentioned, ten years service, one picture. There's something. There's something kind of strange about all this. What, give me another observation.
7: That's all I got. Well, that's, oh, that's those are good. Those, are good. those are good.
1: And just do me a favor. Repeat what you said about the veteran thing in 180 days. Say that again.
7: The um, military puts it for reservists. Uh, I guess National Guard too. You have to do 180 days um, active duty service, not for training. So if you get deployed to like when they when they had um,
1: okay, but that's like for veteran. So okay, on. that's for benefits. That's for benefits. I still believe you can call yourself a veteran if you sign up. Is that does that make sense?
7: It sounds reasonable. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, but I just know it, from what the, from. If you get orders, like, like they, um, Desert Storm, they were giving orders for 179 days. They would cut it just short of that 180-day mark, and that yeah, was like, yeah. reason I'm going to
1: check it out, Paul. It's an interesting point. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, oh, we're almost out of time. Let's see. Here. Who's been on hold the longest? Uh, there are two. I'm going to try to get to you both. Pat and Madawan.
4: Hi there, Greg. Good afternoon. And please, I want to say thank you for making it real. I'd like to discuss Pinocchio. All these stories that we've been told, these lies, these fabrications, we only have people like you who can bring the truth to light. And I want to thank you for that.
1: I'm trying, Pat. I am trying. It's funny. It's all around us. I don't know why so many people are reluctant, are reluctant to go there. And again, they were horrified by President Trump. They should have studied him and learned from him. You know what I mean? I just, I think he, I was inspired by him. It could have been, I could have been one of the sheep and been horrified. Oh, my God, I can't believe he said this. Ah." Shut up and listen. We'll never, ever, ever have anything like this again. Learn as much as you can. Hey, thank you, Pat, very, very much. I got Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra.
4: I finally, got to talk to you. Do you remember me, my mom, B, from Brooklyn, and Mark Simone, and my mother passed away? Oh, my gosh, of yes, of course.
1: Uh, Sandra, and your mom, B, That's me. and your brother, <laughs> That's Dave. Right. Yeah. That's right.
4: That's right. Oh, you're the best. And I talk to Mark Simone very often because he has a schedule with you. <laughs> I went through 10 songs on my piano, which thank God I could do that while I'm listening to the news, and I finally.
1: Well, I'll be looking for you from now on, Sandra. I know who you are. I know about B, and okay. she was a great person. So we'll be looking for you. So what's up? Oh, the music is going on. So say something nice.
4: Oh no, oh, no! Um, uh, I listened to Laura Ingram last night, and I was brokenhearted. She had on Kathy Barnett, a Barnett, and she was promoting her and 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 saying negative stuff about um, Doctor
1: Oz. I know, I know. Look, she so, was she she was conned. She's been conned by Kathy Barnett. Folks in Pennsylvania, don't fall for the con. Sandra, thank you keep in touch my best to your brother and may be rest in peace a wonderful woman see you tomorrow
4: traffic jams tailgating pile-ups Ugh, the joys of driving how could it get worse the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive that's right the biden administration's epa is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today